So I was like, let me just volunteer to like teach them ESL. I had no plan what to do for college anyway. So I'm like, maybe this will like direct my path. Did not think I was going to be a teacher because my mom's a teacher. So I was like, don't want to be a teacher. And then I fell in love with it. And then I decided to do it for two years while my ex-husband was in the military in Korea. And I was like, I'm going to do it for these two years and then probably go back and like just do something else because I got an English degree, not necessarily a teaching degree so I could do other things. But then I was like, man, no, I really love teaching English. Like I really love it. I tried other things here and there and it just wasn't like doing it for me. You know, I wasn't as happy as I was. So then I just continued to teach English like in Korea for a long time. Are you ready to take your ESL teaching to the next level? then you're in the right place. Welcome to the ESL Teacher Experience, the podcast that's all about helping you become a more effective and confident teacher. In each episode, we'll be exploring different topics related to teaching English as a second language and hearing from other teachers about their own experiences. So get ready to learn, grow, and connect with other teachers. All right, guys. I'm going to start off our episode today, our first episode, (laughs) with a story about one of my students that uh, was actually quite attractive. So uh, you guys know I worked in Korea, right, for a long time, right? (laughs) Carly, I think you might know this story. I worked in Korea for quite a while, right? And during my time in Korea, I had never really seen a student that I was attracted to. So I had this one evening class, right? It was like an 8 p.m. class. So I'm an early bird. So when it comes to the evening, I'm usually tired. But this class had so much energy. It was like 20 to 25 students in the class. So every night we'd have a great time. Start the class off, jokes, you know, they're learning. We have a great time. And it was like week number two of the term. So I'm teaching them, you know, I'm just having a good time. And the door opens behind me. Now the students can see who walked in, but I couldn't, but I didn't care because I'm like, oh, it's probably one of the students that came in late. So I'm teaching and I turn around. What I saw (laughs) was exactly my type. The height was perfect. The look was perfect. But in that moment, I said, I'm the teacher and I can't show on my face that I think this man is fine. (laughs) So I had to kind of play off. That he was cute. And then he started talking and I said, Lord, I need you to help me right now. I got to keep it together. He walked up to me and he said, I'm so sorry. With the bass voice, I'm so sorry I'm late. Right, Carly, you know, guys, I don't know if you guys know, a deep voice on a guy. Oh my goodness. So (laughs) he was speaking in these low tones and he was leaning in close and I'm trying to keep my face together. My students are all looking at me because the women knew he was fine. He was very attractive. And I said, with as much confidence, Welcome to the class. You can have a seat. <laughs> sat down. I'll say that was one of my most challenging semesters because he was super kind, super handsome, and everybody liked it. So as teachers, sometimes we struggle when our students are attracted. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, it's funny. Time. Yeah, sometimes they have a hard time. Have you guys ever had somebody that was super attractive in your class? I think I told you when I first started um, teaching English, I was only three years older than my students because I was 20. And some of my students, my oldest students that I taught, they were like seven, 17, some were 18. This one student was literally same age as me, but he had failed. He was so bad. Like, 
overall, he, half the time he didn't even show up to my class. And one time I'm walking out, it's like late at night. I'm walking with my friends. We went to karaoke. This is in Korea. And I'm walking down Suwon station. We had just came from karaoke. It's late. And who do I see? My student drink, drinking outside with his friends. And he's looking good. So he's always, and you know, we're the same age. And I was like, I'm just going to put blinders on. Like, this is why you're never in my class. You're never in my class because you're always out having fun with your, with your friends. But no, he was so attractive and all the girls loved him too, because he was like their oppa, you know, he was older than them. And they're like, Oh my gosh, he's so cute. And he was like the bad boy type. Like he already had a tattoo. Like he had earrings and like all the girls were like, Oh, and then I was like, I'm your teacher. I walked by like hiding, but you know, he obviously saw me because like, I'm the foreigner. I'm like the one white girl walking down the street. And there he was like, oh. like his whole, all his friends were like, is that your teacher? Oh my gosh, that's your teacher. And I was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Don't look at me. But yeah, that's my experience. That it was like the only one time I think. Yeah. That I can remember because most of my students are young. So that's a little weird. <laughs> now the guys, the guys are quiet, are, are a little bit right? quieter. I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> the guys are quiet. Now Carly and I have exposed ourselves. And uh, Juan, Juan, I, I see that you have yourself muted. You don't have to mute yourself, okay? We can hear your laughing. All right, all right. When you're discussing habits, I mean, I I started teaching in Mexico City as a freelancer, working with one-on-one students, and yeah, I mean, you come across, in my case, several people that I, you know, you were very starstruck, and I, I have to say that in my particular case, I don't. I guess this this is not very good. But in my case, I, I ended up marrying one of these. But it's a gray area. It's just like a tricky area. But I could definitely see why it happens, at least here as a freelance teacher. You know, you have one on one students, uh, you know, and usually what students look for is yes to learn to talk but sometimes it could be very easy for the for the conversation because usually you give the classes in the afternoon i remember giving the classes in the evening uh-huh. when the uh, office uh-huh. would like empty out and then you know i would give the classes in these big office buildings and you know they would start dimming the lights and you would see like the beautiful sunsets <laughs> and you would see like the entire cityscape and you know you were there and then you know the student would would pull in and they would be like teacher i just want to chill i've had a terrible day can you just listen to me speak and then you know the conversation would sometimes go in that direction and all of a sudden you'd have like an awkward silence and we're like okay let's (laughs) let's kind of like come but yeah i guess that's why i was laughing no because in my case i I ended up going all the way. I did that too seriously. One So in my experience as, as a teacher, I had uh, several proposals from students. Um, oh, I also, like actual marriage proposals? Yes, yes. Um, wow. Mainly because it's, it's kind of like that, uh, that green card movie situation. You know, they wanted to, need to help them get uh, a, uh, an American visa or, you know, a citizenship. <laughs> um, in fact, actually, one of the uh, four girlfriends that I did have uh, here was an ex-student, and she actually um, agreed to marry me. And we went and we were going to get married, but I was missing the document 
you know, from a, a page of, of, um, of the documents that I needed to get the, uh, the marriage certificate. And I didn't find it till like years later when I, when I moved. But I ended up not needing it anyways because I got my citizenship like six or seven months ago. Wow. What happened there, Just- Joseph, man? You, you, you let that one cool down, man. Come on. Over the paper. <laughs> you were already there, dude. Well, so wait, were you trying uh, to get your citizenship or was she trying to get it? Now, I need some clarification. Oh, well, okay. She, she actually, she worked for a company called Accenture and um, she already had a, a work visa, an American work visa because Accenture has, uh, I guess, an office in Puerto Rico. So her company got her the visa in case she ever went to Puerto Rico. The way that I met her was um, I was giving classes at Accenture through a company called Interact and, and Juana worked for them too. But uh, so what happened was, is one, one of the students was transferred to another office. So there was an open space in the class. And uh, she came in one day and she was, you know, she took the place of that other student. And, you know, somehow we started talking about music and all kinds of other things. And, and she invited me to go out. Um, but I didn't think it was that same night. So, um, so when the class was over, I went, I, I went and got on the subway and, and, just, and went home. And then I asked her out. And we were supposed to go to uh, to go see some some play that seemed really interesting at a, like a really like a like an alternative like theater. And when we got there, the tickets were already sold out. And so, like, it was like you know a first date kind of uh, I guess disaster. Yeah, mis- mishap. Yeah. Okay, so then let me ask you all this then. So we've all put out there that we've had a crush at least on one of our students and some of us, excluding me, have progressed to marrying or attempting to marry. You mean all of us, excluding you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, then let me ask you guys this question then. For those listening to get to know us for this first episode, how and why did you become interested in being an ESL teacher? Like, what led you to want to be an English teacher? I'll go last. Carly, you can go. And then I guess Joseph and then Juan and then I'll go. So and then we'll kind of wrap up our first episode, kind of letting them know, like, why we actually became English teachers. OK, cool. So, yeah, um, like I mentioned before, I started doing it just to get my volunteer hours in high school. I needed like volunteer hours to graduate. And honestly, I wasn't about the life of because I'm from Florida. I wasn't about that picking up trash on the side of the road in the Florida heat kind of life for my volunteer. I was like, I'm not going to be doing that and sweating. So I was trying to think outside the box. So I was like, okay, I'm decent when it comes to English. I love hanging out with the exchange students. A lot of them, especially the Korean girls, the Japanese girls, we were best friends. I actually hosted, my family hosted a Japanese girl for a year. And then I went to Japan and stayed with her family. So like I had already been really close with them. So I was like, let me just volunteer to like teach them ESL. And I don't know, I had no plan what to do for college anyway. So I'm like, maybe this will like direct my path. Did not think I was going to be a teacher because my mom's a teacher. So I was like, don't want to be a teacher. And then 
I fell in love with it. And then I decided to do it for two years while my ex-husband was in the military in Korea. And I was like, I'm going to do it for these two years and then probably go back and like just do something else because I got an English degree, not necessarily a teaching degree. So I could do other things. But then I was like, man, no, I really love teaching English. Like I really love it. I tried other things here and there and it just wasn't like doing it for me. You know, I wasn't as happy as I was. So then I just continued to teach English like in Korea for a long time. And then um, now I'm an editor, but I also, like I told Tiffany, like four or five years ago when Tiffany reached out to me about the academy, I was like, girl, yes, because I miss teaching. Like I miss teaching so bad. I had to become an editor just to support my family because there was a couple years where I was a single mom. And like, unfortunately, I mean, teachers don't get paid enough here in America or maybe anywhere in the world. But yeah, so I switched to being an editor and it's nice. Like, you know, I, could, I don't really have to talk, but I'm, I'm a talkative person. So I prefer teaching English and seeing students grow and helping them like learn something that they've never learned before. Because you learn like everything when you're a kid, like, you know, you absorb everything. But when it comes to a new language, that's new territory. And then the fact that we get to help them with that and like you can see it click and like the light bulb is just like amazing for me. So that's what made me stick with it. That's my story. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. How love about you, it. Joseph? Well, for me, it was, um, it was unexpected. I moved uh, to Mexico uh, because a cousin of mine uh, invited me to come live with him and open a restaurant. Uh, we were going to do like a Tex-Mex restaurant. I guess like Southern U.S. Mexican food, you know, Northern Mexico style food. And the restaurant was going to be called the Burrito Brothers. Kind of like, kind of like Mario Brothers, but you know, we're both Mexican, and you know, and and we were, we were going to have burritos, you know, like the different, you know, chicken, you know, uh, you know, pork and and beef. Well, what happened was, is um, I had gotten uh, fired from my last job, and I was going to, I tried to get unemployment, but when, and I was doing it from Mexico, because my cousin had a uh, one of those like portable uh, internet phones. And he had a he had a, uh, a California number, so I was able to call in. But when I when I put in his phone number, I I messed it up by one number, so I missed my court hearing. So I wasn't going to get any income. We ended up uh, um, moving to Mexico City, but you know we were in Guadalajara, where my family is from, um, and we moved to Mexico City because I went there because uh, one of my college friends lived there, and this girl that uh, that I also like had a crush on for years, uh, or happened to be living there. Another um, girl, huh? Another girl, huh? <laughs> Another girl. She was Mexican, you know. Uh, she was from uh, the same city as my stepmother. The way I met her is, is another, another story. But anyways, <laughs> another story for another day. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was is I applied uh, as an English teacher, and that's where I met Juan. I met him at a place called Jor- Jorgal Idiomas. And I think they actually answered my application like the following day after I, I applied over the internet. So like, you know, like it, it was quick. And also the same thing, you know, the, I went in for the interview and then they called me back for another interview. And then I think we did like three weeks of training. Is that, is that right, Juan? I don't remember exactly how long it was, but it was, it was around two or three because it was a private school and they had like materials that they wanted you to use so you would get familiar with the materials, with uh, the way the courses were structured. So yeah, it was around two or three weeks. And uh, 
the guy that uh, that gave us the training didn't want to hire me, but uh, like the administration, the owner of the business, are like, like, well, like, should we give them a chance? Or they they even asked. I think the two girls that were in the training with me, they he asked them like, uh, should we hire him? And they were like, yeah, yeah, he seems like a nice guy, you know, and he's smart and everything, and knows you know his English. And um, I fell in love with teaching. Getting to know like the city because they would send us to different company uh, buildings, offices, warehouses. I mean, you name it. They they would send us everywhere around the city. So basically, like meeting just all kinds of different people, you know, all kinds of different professions. And I love like learning about things and learning about history and different professions, you know. And I really enjoyed talking to them and getting to know them, and and that's how I fell in love with teaching. Juan. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I do have it very clear as to how I got into it. I remember that um, I was young and I wanted to, I actually wanted to study film and I tried actually, I didn't get in, but the particular film school that's here in, in Mexico City, that's part of the National University, it accepts applicants once a year. And at that time, they accepted very few of the actual applicants. I think they only accepted like 10 so I went, and I didn't, I didn't get in the first time, so I had to do something. I couldn't just be home doing nothing. So there was, a, there was a small English school where I lived. I said, well, I speak English. Let's see. And I met a person that I remember fondly, fondly, fondly. If for some reason he ever gets wind of this podcast, shout out to, to Alan. His name is Alan Gillespie. He was a teacher, and he interviewed me, and he says, listen, my friend, you got no experience. You're young, you know, really, as a teacher, there's, you're not a teacher. I mean, you speak English, but you're not a teacher. But if you're willing, what I could do is I, you can tutor uh, some of our students. You can do maybe some conversations. And he took me in and he showed me a lot. And he's like the coolest. I mean, at the time, he, he was here in Mexico City, but he was from New Zealand. And I, I remember he was just the nicest guy. I mean, the ni- one of the nicest boss I've had. And he was just so nice. And he really taught me a lot. He taught me, okay, this is a lesson plan, this, observe, and everything. He was just such a good teacher. Very passionate about what he did. And after a while, I mean, I think teaching chose me because I, you know, I started bonding with students at least I was told by the students or the feedback that I would get that I was good at, at at it. And then I just realized that I enjoyed it. It got to a point where I, where although I like film and I would have loved to study, and I guess in that particular point, if I had had that chance, I would have pursued it. But then the urge went away and I just started getting more and more and more involved. And by the time I realized I was buying markers. I was carrying around the, uh, you know, a cassette player and <laughs> that was it. I, there was no turning back from there. No. And then I decided to uh, little by little, you know, uh, actually go in and learn the theory and, and do the other <laughs> aspect that usually people do before. Now they go to school, they, they get their degree and everything, and then they teach. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I've enjoyed it. I think it's a very noble profession. You're not going to get rich doing it, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It's something that if it's in you, it's in you. 
And I've seen people who get into it, especially a lot of expats living abroad, that it's easy for them to be incorporated. But if it's not in you, really, they, they do it for a while and then they say, all right, that's it. <laughs> this isn't for me. <laughs> or they, they branch off of two other things. No, but I, I stick with it and I've been doing it for 15 years now and I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it. I love it. I think for me, I'll give you guys a short version. I've said this story so many times online on my YouTube channel. I was the web designer at NASA, loved the job, but I felt like something was missing. Left my job, quit actually my job at NASA, and I went to Korea to be a missionary English teacher. The plan was only to be there for one year. I, English was literally my least favorite subject in school. I did great. I got good grades. I was a good student, but it was my least favorite subject. So you couldn't have told me or paid me a million dollars to believe you when saying that, oh, you're going to be an English teacher. No way in the world. So when I got to Korea, planned to be there for a year, I absolutely fell in love with it. And it kind of goes back to what Carly, you were mentioning about seeing the transformation in students. Like I was realizing that this language, me teaching this language could literally change their lives. And that's what did it for me. Seeing the transformations and seeing them be confident in themselves and a year turned into 10 being in Korea. Fast forward now, my entire business is built on teaching English. And like you said, Juan, if you got it, you got it. So I feel like I got it <laughs> and I love it. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I really enjoy it. So really passionate about it. Yeah. It seems like we're all passionate about teaching English. So I think this is going to be a good thing. Yeah. Well, guys, I enjoyed the stories. I enjoyed the way this first episode went. <laughs> I think it was good. Yeah, I like that. We kind of just went with the flow. We got to know a lot about Joseph here. <laughs> that we did. That we did. <laughs> that we did. That we did. Well, guys, we will talk in the next episode. I'm looking forward to all that we will discuss to help English teachers. And thanks again, guys. Thank you for joining us on the ESL Teacher Experience. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode filled with valuable tips, strategies, and personal stories from experienced ESL teachers. Your feedback means the world to us. So please consider leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. By doing so, you help us reach more teachers and create a supportive community of ESL educators. Stay tuned for more episodes and remember, together we can make a difference in the lives of English language learners around the world.